you know, a lot of people always tell me like, you know, I'll talk to them and they're like, you know, they will tell me a little bit about it. Oh, I've had, I had colon cancer, all this stuff. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be, it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. And they're like, what? This is Katie and I'm Laura and welcome to the Radical Resilience Podcast. Good day, listeners. Katie and I are cracking ourselves up over (laughs) the clap that you do at the start of filming because we have done some filming for her resiliency course. And uh, (laughs) it's one of the only parts that I struggle. I struggle the hardest with getting that clap. Getting the clap. That's not (laughs) what we mean. (laughs) Katie! How did you sleep last night? I think it's becoming obvious how I slept last night. <laughs> um, I actually, I usually love when you ask that question because then I like get to reflect how beautiful my sleep was. Last night I had to take medicine. I had to actually use like medicine and assist myself in elimination. <laughs> I love that I just talk about anything. Um, and it kept me up most of the night, which is good because it means it worked. It's also sucks that it just like ruins your night of sleep and then definitely had a huge effect on my on my lack of being productive today but I did do five TikTok videos nice (laughs) the rebel and OBR continue to be the stars of the internet Uh, how did you sleep I you know I don't think that my sleep quality was great last night I was out like crazy out we had such a long weekend um we took we took some extra, an extra day this weekend and went to Romney, New Hampshire for people listening who are big rock climbers. This is a huge, um, climbing, like famous climbing area in in the East and, um, big wall, thousands of routes and beautiful in the fall here in New England. It is mid October when we are recording or late October, I guess. Um, and so we had like cold, cold weather at night. And, um, it was like good sleep, but stressful sleep because you're like, am I going to be warm enough to sleep? And, and then we had like big days of hiking and doing hard things. And then we drove all the way back here last night. And I think like I crashed so hard, but I think that my body was just still like needing more time to recover from the, the stress of like a big physically active weekend. And so all day today, I was just in a fog and I took like a hard nap in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> and Good for you. Like, yeah. And I think my brain is still like kind of waking up from it. And, um, but I'm a big lover of naps. I really believe in, um, even if you feel like you've got a billion things to do, which I definitely do, I'm catching up on work emails and I'm, you know, all of our camp stuff is still strewn all about the house, but you know what? It can wait till tomorrow and I'll be more productive when I'm more well-rested. So yeah. So that was, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) And you have to post some, maybe some of the pictures of your rock climbing weekend. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was like, uh, there was one climb that's called rocks du jour and, uh, you get up to the top of it. It's one of the highest climbs in Romney and you get up to the top and there's like this little seat and you can sit down and look out. And the only things that you can see are like the cliff faces on either side of you, all of the rolling low, like foothills into the white mountains and like a river that comes through and everything was just a riot of like red and yellow and orange. And it was just the end of the day. So the sun was kind of setting. And so it was just sort of flowing over the valley. And I just kept looking at, and like, 
not only was it breathtaking, but like the thought occurred to me, like, this is the reward of the bold. You know, you only get to see this view if you are, if you are willing to climb up that cliff Mm -hmm. and look out. And otherwise you, you don't get to see the view. And so as scared as I was, there was a, you know, cause I'm still a relatively newish climber. I've only been climbing for about a year, you know, like to swallow my fear every time I doubted whether I could make the next move and just like, do it, do it, do it, get to the top, turn around. And I was like, wow, this is the payoff. Like this is, this is the universe saying good job. Good job for being brave and dealing with yourself. So uh-huh. <laughs> we'll definitely show the photos cause it was pretty epic. Yes. Ah, speaking of Epic, we have a killer guest today. I know. I'm so excited for everyone to learn from him. Yeah. So we're going to introduce you all to Kaven right after this break. Life is always happening, nonstop, every moment. Things either feel as if they're coming together or they're falling apart. When you're on this wild ride, the falling apart moments can feel like the end of who you are. But with the proper skill set, these circumstances that break us down become the moments that awaken us, build our strength, and cause us to grow. To prepare your skill set, I created the Revolutionary Resiliency Course, challenging yourself to go within, dig deeper, make discoveries, and learn while being guided through the exercises and soul work. Together, we will build resilience that is not just radical, but revolutionary. Visit our website, RadicalResiliencePodcast.com to get started. I love you, and I'll see you there. We are back, and we are so excited to introduce all of you to our guest today, Gwen Sariol. Uh, to tell you just a little bit about Gwen, first of all, he beat colon cancer on a holistic journey, and the things that he learned about himself, which he is going to hopefully share with us today, was just incredible. And interestingly enough, Gwen's sense of resilience doesn't stop there. He's a pro cyclist. He owns a law company, um, and he's just remarkable, and we're so excited to introduce you. So, hi, Gavin. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hey, what's going on, ladies? How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited that you are the guest. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, I want to, I kind of want to correct you. I actually own a cryptocurrency educational company, not a law company. Oh, thank you for the correction. Yeah, no worries. So we kick off every episode the same way. We ask every guest the same question. So our podcast is called Radical Resilience. And the reason that it's called Radical Resilience is a little, it's a little bit of a mesh of like my philosophy on life and Katie's philosophy on life or our specializations, I guess. Um, And so the piece that I bring to the table is the word radical uh, and all of the meanings that go with radical, uh, rad, radical acts, radical ways of looking at things, radical idea. being super rad. <laughs> and then resiliency, the the act of of moving through difficult times in life and coming out of the other side in whatever that means for you. And when we put these two concepts together, you know, like this is the heart of what we want to talk to all of our our guests about. So those two words when when we present them to you, radical and resilience, how does it land for you? What comes up? What's your relationship to those two words? Well, okay. First of all, uh, you said super rad. And um, the first thing that pops into this mind is this guy at my first job. His name was Don. He was probably like 45 years old. And he used to always come up to me and be like, 
yo, super rad. You know, he's like, <laughs> so when you said that, I'm like, man, I haven't heard that word. And I guess it's like from a show in the seventies, which I was born in 1980. So I, I have no clue about it, but he just always used to come up to me like, what's up super rad. So that goes to my mind, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and, you know, I'm from Southern California. So we grew up saying rad all the time. And it's like, it's kind of our signature. Like everybody knows, like you're from California. If you say rad, you know, mm-hmm. oh, rad, you're, like, you're from Southern California. Right. Uh, but resilience, you know, that I'm going to say the, the, the combination of the two is really what kind of gets to me because like, there's a segment of us that are really radically resilient and we're, we're finding and doing things that we've never done before. And I actually just read a book, it's called Cured, right? And it's, it's about um, spontaneous healing. And so I, I kind of like mesh these two, these two words like that you guys have. It's like, we're in some aspects, we're doing really bad. And in some aspects, some of us are doing amazing, right? And so there, there's this radical resilience um, in, in our culture. It may not be everybody, but it certainly is a segment of us that are just kind of waking up to like, this new way of thinking. And it, it makes me, it makes me like really stoked that there's just more of us out there, you know, and we're just growing and we're, we're, we're doing these amazing things with our body, with our minds and, and, you know, kindness and helping other people out to get them there as well. So I, you know, I, I really like those two words together. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, <laughs> it, does, awesome. and it makes me excited that you like the name of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's, it's rad. It's cool. I love it, and I love that. I love that I'm the one that brings rad to the table, and I've never lived in California. I'm like border, like I'm from Massachusetts. We say wicked, like. I know. <laughs> do, you know, there's so many times when I message the guests because we've been we're like batching, so we're doing just tons of episodes, and then you know, like batch them and release them all at once, so people can like have somebody to listen to. And I keep writing wicked, like I'm wicked excited. And then I like back up because I'm, I'm like, I don't know where people are from. I have no idea what that word means to them, but I'm so used to using it. And Laura doesn't oh, help. Yeah. She uses it right back at me. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, normal. How funny is that? <laughs> wicked. <laughs> I never, like now I know, but now I know you're from the East coast. You say that I'll be like, you're from New England, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Specifically Massachusetts, potentially Rhode Island. Yeah. All right. So then I'll be like, boo, you're a Patriots fan. Oh. <laughs> Pretty safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> boo. <laughs> uh. I was born in Miami. That's the only reason I can say boo. You know, we just, we can't catch a break with you guys, but. Well, let's not get on to football conversation and discussing <laughs> Patriots Dolphins matchups, because I feel like that's a totally, will take us out of the resiliency zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, so I actually have a question for you. Um, for the people listening, I have, I have had the pleasure of, of meeting, um, in person and getting to talk and to hang out and everything with you. And Laura's, this is your first introduction stuff. Like something that I love about you and something that I am super interested in why I thought of you immediately when, when we were coming up with the guests was that Yes, you have like an incredible story of resiliency and of, you know, like healing and stuff like that. There's two things that I would love for you to share on whichever one speaks to you more is like either the discovery of your own, like, I guess, like really listening to your own intuition and your healings that like led you there. And so you could share, you know, what you've gone through and why you've been there. Or I guess we could, I guess you could do that. And then I'll ask my second part of the question because they both 
they both will bring value. But I'm just like curious. So you've gone through a lot of stuff. And I think anytime we face something, it's a resilient act. But I think when you do something that isn't the norm and isn't necessarily like what society says is what you're supposed to do or what the healthcare system in America says you're supposed to do or you know, like, or if you even put something on, you could get like 50 MLMs, like I've got the cure for you. Like you don't need to do this. And there's so much noise. And how did you silence that noise? Like, what did you go through? So explain your journey. And then just how did you choose what to listen to? Um, Like Laura said, I I was uh, diagnosed with colon cancer in August of 2018. And um, that was probably the roughest time in my entire life. Right. And, um, I ended up leaving my wife at the time. We had only been married for like 10 months. It was just a very, very, you know, not good situation. My cat of 15 years died just randomly. It was horrible. It was, it was a very, very ugly death. I was in an automobile accident. Now, mind you, this, this is all occurring within 30 days. Okay. I had another cat that I had for 14 years who almost died. She got down to like two pounds. And then I had to move back in with my parents. I was bleeding money. I mean, I was just going absolutely broke. And, you know, I was having these issues. Like if you've ever had colon cancer and know somebody very close to you, you can talk about poop very freely. My poop (laughs) during all this time was like, very, uh, PC diarrhea kind of, and it had been that way for like two years. And I just kind of shrugged it off. Like, Oh, I'm just eating too much fat or whatever. Right. So I'm thinking I, I, I ended up finally getting, uh, an appointment to have a, a colonoscopy. And the last thing I'm thinking is I have colon cancer. It's just like, Oh, whatever. I've got something. They're going to give me a pill for it. And it's going to be fine within, you know, a few weeks. And I go have this colonoscopy and the doctor pulls me out five minutes into the colonoscopy and goes, um, we found something and I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, wait, I've only been out for like five minutes. Right. And he goes, and I go like, what, like cancer? And he goes, yes. It's not like, well, we took a little biopsy and sent it to the lab and you know, it was, Yes. And all I remember is just hearing like ringing in my ears. I was just sitting there and like my ears are ringing and I'm going like, no freaking way. No freaking way. I like walk out of this place. One of my best friends picks me up and he's like, well, how'd it go? And I'm like, I've got colon cancer. <laughs> and he's even like, I just see this horrified look. Cause like colon cancer is like the silent killer. Right. And I mean, I'd been living with it for two years. And so I end up going through about like four days where I wanted to cry so bad, but I couldn't cry. And I end up going to a dispensary on the fourth night of marijuana dispensary. I hope that I can talk about this. <laughs> yes. Yep. I, okay, good. All right. It's legal. In, it's legal in California. In it's Denver, legal in I'm Massachusetts. Right. It's all right. In Denver, hey, we covered cool. all the locations. No worries. I could awesome. walk out the door right now and go get some. <laughs> like, all right. Legally. Awesome. <laughs> Just don't go to a federal building. So That's uh, right. <laughs> I ended up taking like some edibles and I didn't understand dosing and I got so high. I couldn't even talk. 
And my mom was like horrified because she knew obviously what I was going through. And I remember going into like, into the, I went to the bathroom and I'm like looking at, I'm staring at myself in the mirror and my face is like morphing into like a demon. It was so ugly, but I wasn't afraid. I was just mesmerized almost like, what does this mean? Like I was, I've never been so high ever in my entire life. And I remember just barely being able to even walk to my, to my bed at the time. And I remember just laying down and I'm closing my eyes and I just feel hell. It's like all this stuff is happening to me. Like I felt fire. I felt noise, like noise. It just wouldn't stop. And I I just laid there for about 30 minutes, just listening to this noise and feeling this intense energy. And all of a sudden I go, I was afraid to ask this question, but I asked it, I go, why is this all happening to me? And this voice comes in angel or whatever. And it goes, because you are toxic, the stuff you eat is toxic. The people around you are toxic. Your thoughts are toxic. Every bit of you is cancerous and toxic. And literally, as soon as I heard that, I fell asleep. I woke up the next day with that feeling of wanting to cry, gone. I woke up the next day with this lightness, like, and it was, it was so different because I remember like my thoughts were very, very toxic at the time, but I felt like for the first time in my entire life, like I could actually think and feel love for other people around me. And I had this whole other perspective of life that had I have not gone through all those things, because I think if I would have just gotten cancer, whatever, I would have just beaten it. If I, if I would have just gotten divorced, whatever. Uh, if my cat would have just died, no, no, no. It was like, my energy was so strong that I needed all of those things to go. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. You're killing yourself. You're killing yourself. Everything, your job, your, the people you're surrounded by all these things. And that doesn't mean everybody I was surrounded by, but just the thoughts, the things you talk about, every single thing is toxic. That's your problem. It's not that you have cancer. It's everything. And I, I, I started to, to take that very much to heart. And that was really when the, the healing journey truly began for me. And it was, it was, you know, a lot of people always tell me like, you know, I'll talk to them and they're like, you know, they will tell me a little bit about it. Oh, I've had, I had colon cancer, all this stuff. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be, it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. And they're like, what? Like, I've never heard anybody say that cancer was the best thing that's ever happened to them in their entire life. I'm like, like what? And it shifts even their perspective on life because they're like, how could this person be saying that cancer, it's like the thing I fear the most. And it's like, but when you actually like see people come up and you read about the great masters of our time, you know, whatever you believe, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Noah, right? Like I, I kind of like love this, the ancient stuff. Like they all went through struggles. 
they didn't just like, oh, hey, what up? I'm Jesus. Or, hey, what up? I'm Buddha. Right? Like, I'm the king. <laughs> like, no, it was, they, they went through all these struggles to get to where they were and they became enlightened. And I think that a lot of us are seeing these things that, as actual gifts. And, you know, for me, it was a gift of waking up and really like reevaluating my entire life and going, man, I'm not headed in the right direction. This is totally out of alignment with who I am. And my body is literally so intelligent. It said, yo, wake up. This was not what we chose. This is not how we're going to live our lives. You know, you ran us into the ground. Now let us take over. And it's just kind of been like a journey ever since then. What do you think um, the difference is from like someone who gets the diagnosis Cause I mean, cause it could go either way. You could get the diagnosis and it would be warranted for someone to just fall apart and not do it. And then the difference, I guess, what makes you, what makes your path different or your choices or your beliefs different that you then said, I'm going to see what's possible in this. I'm going to see that there's a purpose in this and I'm going to find that. So like at that moment that you did, did you even have a moment of like the dread or did you just go straight into it? And, and maybe if you met other patients are you also still able to have like compassion for both sides? Cause I know that it is, you know, you and I have talked deeply about healing and the stuff that goes on with our minds and our bodies. Um, and so just where, where do you find the balance? Like, was it easy for you to just flow into that or what was the experience doing that? Cause I feel like that's definitely, it can, it can, you could go either way. And I don't think, you know, it's not our place to judge someone going one way or the other. It's just, I'm so happy you're here obviously and you're alive. And so I stand by what you did, but it's, it's a, wild road. So let me respond that with a statement that that's probably one of the best questions that anybody's ever asked me because I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. So I had, I had the cancer cut out about a month after I was diagnosed. It was a nine hour uh, surgery. I was in the hospital for about five days. I mean, I had to like really relearn how to walk. I had to go back to the hospital because like the tube that the drain was pinching on a nerve. I couldn't even breathe for about three days. It was miserable. Right. But there was a period of time. And I'm going to say that this period of time actually went up until about April of this year from like September of 2018 to about April of this year, where I, you know, I went through, you know, a lot of meditation, changing my diet, doing all these things. And I looked at it through my old lens. I looked at all these changes through my old lens, which was a competitive way, right? Like, okay, if I'm disciplined here and I make these changes, okay, it's going to work exactly like this, right? Right. Like calculated. Very calculated. Okay. Once I get to this stage, it'll work. And once I get to this stage, then this will happen. And, and that's not the way real healing works. Right. And I think that if it, if they would have just cut out the cancer and I would have just walked out and been like, all right, cool. I would have ended up back in the same area, but I ended up going through a real journey and, you know, I teach crypto, right? And so we deal with like waves in our investments, right? Like you're not just going to buy an investment and it's going to go straight up, right? You're going to deal with the downs and the ups, but inevitably you, you head in that direction, right? And healing is very much so the exact same way real healing i mean like cutting out the cancer or going through chemotherapy that's just your symptom treating but i had to go through this whole thing where it was not just the cancer it was emotionally taxing and i'll tell you at the 
at the end of last year, December, 2019, and I'm going to get back to your question, by the way, at the end of 2019, I found myself because I was trying to structure all this healing, like, okay, I'm going to meditate for two hours and I'm going to soak in the tub for so long. And I'm going to take all my little herbs and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to think positive thoughts, right. And write it down and journal and okay, this is people have done this and they get healed. Right. And then all of a sudden it didn't feel any better and it got really dark. And in December I was faced with real depression that I, I had never really faced depression in my entire life up until December of 2019. And what ended up happening, I didn't want to live anymore. I'm like, shoot, I went through all this. Yeah. I don't have cancer right now, but this isn't how life is supposed to be. Like, I don't want to live my life like this. I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. I hate this. I hate this. Right. Like it was like panic, right? Real, real fear and panic in January. I said, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of the United States of America. I got to go somewhere else. And so anyways, I ended up going through this whole journey and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but this journey took me to a place where I was so grateful because before I would talk about healing, like, Oh, it's so freaking easy. Read the Joe Dispenza <laughs> book and read uh, Louise Hay. <laughs> right. It's so easy. Just change your mind. Just, just yeah, say, just your, do it. say your affirmations every day, right? <laughs> Duh. Okay. Huh. Hello. Love yourself. Who doesn't? All <laughs> you know, right. It's so much deeper than that. And everybody yeah. has such a different journey. I've met people who didn't go through any surgery or anything who have completely cured themselves of cancer, diabetes, AIDS, all sorts of different autoimmune diseases. And then I've met people who just even in this journey who went through colon cancer around the same time I did and and have died. Mm -hmm. They were asymptomatic for six, seven months. They went through the surgery, they went through the chemo and they're now dead. And I'm like, wow. So there's this compassion where it's like, you can't just say it's not as easy as like, do all these things and you're going to, you're going to be healed. And so I'm very cautious of what I say around people. You know, there, there's some friends that I can speak very freely about because we're aligned in how we think. Right. And I'm not saying you got to think how I think. Right. But they have respect, respect for. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's other friends where I'm just compassionate and I'm just an ear for them. Like, man, I'm here for you. Like, that's all I can say is I'm here for you because they may not believe in spontaneous healing and all that stuff. And that's okay. Like, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm just, I'm, you know, Hey, look, if you want, if you want my advice, right. Then here's the things, here's some of the things that I had to change. And this is the root of what I really believe. Now, after like going through my, my journey and my journey is still not done, obviously, but I'm much more comfortable in my skin now than I was in December or January. But I'm, I, I think very more, much more compassionately towards others in, cause everybody's on their own journey. And just because you make a change to your diet, just because you make a change to your lifestyle does not mean you're going to get cured spontaneously. It's, it's deeper. It's deeper, but there are miracles happening. And just the fact that we're able to sit here and communicate and have feelings 
to me is a miracle. So why can't you heal yourself from stuff? It's why not? There's crazier things that have happened in the world, you know, than, than spontaneous healing. So, but, but at the same time, there may people, there may be people who aren't there and, and it sucks because there is this like pressure where it's like, and this whole industry built around it where it's like, no, 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 you take, like you said, the MLM stuff, like, no, 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 take this grape juice that's from here. And, and, and it's the one thing that I really can, can say that would be the fundamental change that could be one of the, the silver bullets for curing yourself of anything is almost a rewiring of your identity and rewiring of the programming that you've had since you were a little child. And I'm not saying it's like bad things. Like you blame your parents. No, 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 no. Like you don't do that. Right. Or you blame this bad experience. No, 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 no. Look, we've all had bad experiences, but instead of blaming that experience, like go into it and just be like, feel it, cry about it, cry, wail about it. If you have to laugh about it. Right. Like, but be in thought and, and when you're done mourning, when you're done expressing this feeling, like there's this turning point. And at least for me and other survivors that I've met that, that have gone through similar situations like me, there's this turning point where there's this like weight lifted off of your shoulders and you're like, holy shit. Wow. Like I used, I, there was this thought pattern that I was stuck in that I didn't even know that was stuck so deep in my nervous system that I was clenched up. And that's what was wrong. Not what was wrong with me. That was going on with me. I didn't realize I was so tense. I had tenseness in my jaw. I had tenseness in my groin. I had tenseness in my lower back. I had tenseness in my arms. And it took me almost two years to figure out, like, you just got to let it go. (laughs) But it's as simple as that. And it's as hard as that too. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And that's where that compassion comes in because it's, it's, some people may get it within a week and some people may get it in 10 years and some people may never get it. And that's okay. And you just, you just kind of got to be all right with it. That just hit me. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Cause I think for me, part of the journey that's been hard and like when we met and talked and stuff is that I've, you know, like I've done stuff with my brain tumor and I got that to go away and stuff, but then other stuff I didn't. And I had to have medical intervention, you know, to, to get through other parts of my illnesses and stuff. And I think part of it has been, I now choose to stay more quiet about some stuff. And then when people, if people ask, share, share what it is, but I'm, cause I also, am just like, maybe that's part of their journey. And like, that's been part of my journey with resiliency is not only deepening and developing my compassion. It's also understanding that like the end goal of all of us might not be the same. And that might be someone's journey, you know, like to that place. So it's just like, can we, can you love the way that you need to love everyone? Like without having to, cause the people that really get under my skin are the people that are just want to be like a savior and come in and just fix everyone and save everyone. And I was like, that's not our job. Our job is to hold like space and to show what's possible. You know, like you are an example of what was possible in your situation. And then it's up to that person to then, you know, step in or step out. And that's, you know, and for me, part of resiliency has been not having to be the person that overcame this, the person that overcame that and be that example. The person, my resiliency has been, this has worked for me, period. 
And then if people want to ask, and I think that was really hard for me with the stretch, like flexing my resiliency muscles is because I want people to be okay. And like, where do you draw that line? And how do you, you know, where do you learn the, what's one person's journey versus another? What's one person's life lesson versus another? And you're right about that. And see, and that's why very often I don't even really share what I did because it's totally different with every single person. And you trigger, it triggers a lot in people. Yeah, it does. It does. And I, you know, and I, I actually had a lot of friends like, like, man, I want what you're on. Like you went through cancer and all this stuff. And like, we would meditate together and I would just kind of go through like my thing. And then it was like, they'd kind of fall off. Right. And I'm like, I I would get really frustrated because I'm like, I spent all this time with them and all this stuff. And then I'm like, no, 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 you're not getting it. Like they're, they're different and that's okay. We're not, what worked for me isn't going to work for everybody. And so we all just kind of have to like find that what works for us. And that could be, I don't know, going ketogenic, going vegan, going whatever. Right. Like that's, and so like, it, like you said, it's just, I, I don't judge anymore. I, I really, and I'm very, very compassionate. And I, I don't think that if I would have experienced that anxiety, that depression and left the country that I would have had uh, the different lens of like, just being an ear sometimes. And, and I, and I love that about myself now too, because, you know, I just, I've really learned how to just shut up and sometimes be like, <laughs> yo man, I love you. Like, just come here, give me a hug. And, and you know, yeah, going to be okay. Even if you die, an old guy told me one time, he goes, Gavin, the hardest thing you'll ever do is die. The easiest thing you'll ever do is being dead. And I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yes. You know, when you look at it like that, it's like, yeah, hey, look, we're all we're all here for just a minute. Right. And just I don't know. I guess I guess my, here's what I would say to everybody. I would say this. Just enjoy it, man. Like just just enjoy it as much as you can and and that's all you can do. <laughs> that's all you can. It's as simple as that, right? Like one thing that that struck me what you when you were talking about finding that moment where you were able to successfully really lean into whatever that habit was or that deeply ingrained pattern that you had, um, whatever the thing was that you were holding on to from whenever in your life. When when you found that that moment where you could lean in it released something and suddenly you were able to step forward. And it sounds like you've had a lot of conversations with other people who have hit that point at various times in their journey. Um, and that there's an acknowledgement that it, like once you're there, you're like, Oh, what have I been doing this whole time? Like, it's so simple, just step forward. But that getting there is so hard. And like you said, some people never get there. Everybody gets there in their own time. But what I, what really grabbed me was I feel like you just touched on the heart of resilience, right? That it, that life is unpredictable. The body is mysterious when we, and and I think that with our modern world and our modern technology, our modern communication, it's so easy to lose sight of the fact that we've only really been able to study the human body in ways that are meaningful for a very short amount of time in the whole of human history of all of the sciences. It is truly one of the newest and there's still an, and infinitely complicated because in everything from the way that we think to our environment, to all the different factors that, that our bodies are reacting to, we are chemically complex, right? 
we're hormonally complex. We are, we are genetically complex beings, you know? And so it is a true mystery why something works for one person and it doesn't work for another person. Like, and to sort of tie it in too with what you were saying from that, what that old man was telling you, you know, the hardest thing we're going to do is die, but being that is easy. Like it is, it's true that, that the end is going to be the same for every single person. We're all going to die. Um, and what we're talking about with resiliency is what are you doing with the time that you're living and, and whether that shift happens and it heals your body and you live longer or whether that shift happens and the time that you have left is just better. It all is about that moment that you're talking about that, that ability to lean in and, and see it, feel it, experience it, go, ah, and then step forward. Cause that's resiliency, right? It's the step forward. Big stuff, dude. Yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. And to add what you just said, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. Like when I was in Russia, I, I ended up going to Russia in March, uh, February of this year, and I had some profound like meditations, right? And I was working with kind of like a shaman doctor out there. Which some of the things, I mean, he took me down to my rails, right? Which I, I'm not sure if I had to go there, but I did anyways, right? <laughs> And I mean, it was like intense. It was like three to five hours of, of rigorous treatments and half of them. I don't even know what they, what he put in my body. It was all holistic stuff, but it was just wild. Right. But in one of like the moments that I was in one of the treatments, I had this profound moment where I felt all of every single cell in my body the trillions and trillions of cells that I had in my body. And I saw the damage that I had done to them, like the negative thoughts, massive amount of alcohol that I used to do the, you know, antibiotics that I took just over and over and over again, the horrible food that I was eating, right. That was just fried and got from God knows where. And just, and, I started to just cry. I broke. I absolutely snapped and I apologized to every single one. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will not do it again. And I, I, I was, I was apologizing for an hour. I was crying for an hour and I was like, I am so sorry. And earlier this year, like in January, I went to this other doctor and he pricked my finger. It was like, he was a Asian doctor that did this special type of acupuncture and he put myself, he put my blood under a microscope and I saw them moving. They're moving. And I like, you don't really think about it, but, uh, our cells are alive and have consciousness. Like we don't, like you said, it's, it's, yeah, we're just getting to all these things, but these were the things that the ancients understood, right? They were like, they, they didn't have YouTube and Google and Facebook and Instagram calling their, pulling their attention. They had, Hey, let's look at your body as a whole. You look at Hippocrates. I read about Hippocrates. Hippocrates didn't go, you know, if you have this, uh, here's this pill or no, no, no. It was, he looked at you as the whole human being. That was like the Hippocratic oath, right? We have that our doctors are supposed to take. I, I've asked so many doctors, have you ever read anything about Hippocrates? And they're, well, uh, you know, they know who he is. They know the oath, but they've never read actually the, the book that he wrote, right? In regards to health and in regards to looking at everybody. And so when you look at things like that, it's so complex and so simple at the same time. Everything is connected, but it all begins with our feelings, 
and then our thoughts and that, that can create cancer. And that's what we don't realize. Like these little guys, trillions and trillions of them inside of our body by us giving this vibe off can change the whole aesthetic of our entire body. It can change our entire health. Right. And we're, we're just now starting to touch the tip of the iceberg with that. And with ladies like you bringing more and more of the, of this to the forefront, it's amazing. And I, I honestly, I I'm like, instead of looking for a cure for cancer, why aren't we doing more of this? Right. Why aren't we looking, look, man, we're a whole organism, but inside of us, there's this whole other universe. And if we can really have a fundamental change in our thoughts, man, the, the, it is endless what we can do as human beings. Endless. Oh, okay. I have a question um, before we move to the next part that kind of goes along with it. So if you're, you're saying that like, if we did this and in, in kind of like inviting people to take that that action for themselves. So, you know, Laura and I, everyone listening, um, what would you say to someone? What would be their first step into not having, you know, it's not like do this and you're going to cure yourself. What is, what would you say is a step that would allow someone to go into that space at their own, at their own like ability, you know, like where they're at, meet them where they're at. But what would you say like starting tomorrow or whatever you could do moving forward? What's something that you think would help? So instead of you know, everyone just sending their money to a company that's raising money for cancer and stuff. What could we actually do actionable steps that are measurable that we could maybe start or can, you know, the listeners could consider doing. And maybe not even someone who is struggling with an illness, but like just anything, anybody, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a a salesperson for this particular person, but (laughs) there's an individual that I now go see, but she's very aligned with who I am. She meditates and you know, she, uh, smokes herb every once in a while. She's literally gone to indigenous places where they've never seen a photograph where they thought, said, how did that person's soul get into this? How are they in there? I don't, we don't, right. Like that's the sort of people that I'm, that I'm in. So like, there's this people that I know that, and they don't, they're not charging. It's not 10,000, 15, $20,000. It's, it's very minimal. And one of them is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Wolf and her and her husband came up with a thing called raphology. And it's more of the ancient ways. She, she does have herbs, but you know, she has this way of putting everything where she shows you like how everything is connected from your cells to your nervous system, to your heart, to your brain, to your gut, to all these things to where it's like, it's not just scientific, it's, it's just all connected. And when you can align all of that, that's where the real healing goes. So it's the same, it's the same thing. Like there's that book, there's a book that I, that I'm just about wrapping up called cured. And it's written by a, an MD from Harvard. And he's actually a psychiatrist as well. Very, very well-educated man in regards to medicine. And he's like, he's blown away that the medical community is not doing more studies on spontaneous healing. They just, Oh, well just keep doing what you're doing. But it's kind of hard because it's different for everybody. Right. Look, I'm going to make it as simple as possible. (laughs) Let's just be fucking nice to each other. Yeah. Let's start there. Mic drop. Let's just start there. Like let's start there. And then like, 
And then let's realize like, maybe let's step away from our social media for a little bit. And I know it's probably not good for your podcast. You can do both. You can dive in and step out. Step away from everything but ours. <laughs> Have a little taste to walk away. Right. How, yeah. I mean, look, I get on social media like once a week now for about five minutes and then I'm done. But establish your connections with your friends again in real life. Like when you move away from Newport Beach, say goodbye to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Katie. <laughs> but now you have a reason to come to Denver. <laughs> I know. Beautiful. Right? It's not a matter of like, well, give to this charity or give to that charity. No, no, no. Like, let's give charity to ourselves and to the ones around us. And then let that spread throughout the world. Because I'm telling you, I have raised tens of thousands of dollars over the last few years in regards to cancer. And I'm sure their hearts are in the right place. But when I look at it, I'm going, at least from my perspective, I'm like, you guys can science the living crap out of this stuff. But at the end of the day, if we don't make a change, if we don't start being nicer to ourselves and those around us, you'll find uh, a cure for cancer and Manser will come out or Wanser will come out. The next thing will come out. I mean, like, it's, it's just nature because you didn't fix the problem. I know we have to move on to the next thing, but before I want to just say this, um, when I got diagnosed with my, with my illness, when they messed up and I was 12, I think one of the worst parts of the system is that you're not, when you know that your life has changed forever, that there is like, you know, in that moment, if you don't do anything else, this is my new reality. The fact that they don't have some kind of mental health support blows my mind because if you could be talking and outwardly processing and just discussing it and having all of that on the table and being able to release it, I think our bodies energetically, everything would be a healthier, better place to then cope. But instead I was like, I'm broken. I'm damaged. I'm a burden. I'm, I like, no one will ever love me. And I, I mean, I created those stories at 12. And if you knew me the day before I got sick, I was like, singing and talking to trees and doing performances like in my backyard that were six hours. But I'm just not, like, I was so happy. But that one diagnosis, that one life switch and feeling the weight of it on my parents and on my, my friends and, you know, all of that was crazy. And if I think if we don't turn inwards and realize that emotions and feelings and everything is part of it, then nothing is going to switch. That has to be. So I see that there has to be like a different realm. And I don't know why are, I mean, I know it, it's a business and it's money, but I don't, I wish they would partner the healing with it. I also think it's cultural too. Like there are support groups out there. There are organizations that step in to help patients. Um, and it's not part of our medical system naturally, but those organizations do exist. But if you are like, especially if you're a child and it's not in your parents' cultural code to seek out mental well-being experts, right? you know, and have counseling and like, and a lot of people just think they need to go it on their own. And that's just been the prevalent. Especially when we all grew, we are all born the same year. That's yeah, like- we are. We're all born the same year. And that's just like, the way that it was. And you you didn't ask for help. And so I I agree. I, I, what I'm really getting out of what both of you have shared and your mic drop moment, Gwen, is really, it's that the number one thing that every single person can do, whether they're sick or not, is connect with other humans, you know, with compassion and kindness, um, turn off the non-human connections and, and really go back to the center of 
of who we've been for thousands of years, which are communal beings, you know, who have a relationship with each other, have a relationship with the earth that we walk on and um, have a relationship with our, with our bodies as part of that whole. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So we've got a game that we would love for you to stick around and play here in our next segment. Katie, do you want to take it away? Yeah. It's um, it's because I believe also in the power of play and being playful and silly and stuff. And so we just do something real quick. I'm going to give you 30 seconds and you just run and find something that's going to have the color that I say and then bring it back. And you, that's all. No, don't overthink it. Blue. 30 seconds. So the thing that I grabbed was hand cream. <laughs> it's got a blue label on it. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> but, all right, so speaking of healing, <laughs> um, all of the hand washing and hand sanitizing that we've been doing, I, I, I get eczema on my hands and it just was like on fire and I just like I didn't even want to wash the dishes. But since there's, you know, my entire household is living at home, eating three meals a day at home, which was not the way that things used to be. I have to do a lot of dishes. And so my hand, my hand uh, cream has become my best friend because it soothes and makes everything feel better. And, um, and actually, so not only, but I will say this, not only has the hands cream um, been my I feel friend, like now she's pitching a company. I'm not saying what it is. Not only is. No, here's what I am pitching the great outdoors. So the two weekends that we've taken camping where we did not have access to bathrooms and things like we were in the dirt all weekend. My hands got a lot better just being in the dirt, getting all that natural bacteria, mother nature, healing my hands has been pretty awesome. But yeah, so that's my, that's my thing with blue on it. Okay. You want to go next or do you want me to go next? You want me to go last person. I don't mean to one-up everybody, but I'm going to freaking do it right now. (laughs) This is my Hydro Flask. And if you can see it, well, the people listening, you can't see it. But for you guys, it says the force is within. It has a picture of a woman and all the elements of nature in it. And I didn't want a Hydro Flask just because of the price. But then I really love them. And then when I saw this one, I was like, okay, that's perfect. Because... My dogs are named after Star Wars and I don't even watch Star Wars. So they have the force <laughs> they have the force on it feels like it's kind of connected, but then it's totally got the like Mama Nature heal soul that I have. So that is my favorite water bottle. Okay, go. Um, about a month ago, I bought this. This is a hand pan. Okay, for you viewers at home. And I have been uh like for about a year been wanting to play and learn how to play an instrument. And so I bought this and I, um, I get hypnotized by it. Like this weekend alone, I spent about eight hours playing it, uh, throughout the whole weekend. And usually I play it. I'm going to say at least probably an hour to two hours a day. And so can I, can I just play a tune that I made up? Yes. Yes. Okay. I wish I had a microphone, but and you guys, and you guys at home, you can't see it, but it's blue. It's beautiful. It's got gold trimming. It's a vast. It was made in Russia. All right. So, all right. Ready? Here we go.
That's it. <laughs> That's that was I amazing. I was like, if you ever do those and just want people to sit with you on Zoom, I'll hop on if you're doing. <laughs> you no, probably so do I it actually, to be alone, but if you ever do want company, I'm in. No, I actually, um, I bought um, lessons and, you know, it's such a beautiful tool and um, it's very mystical. It's very mystical and just the different um, tones it has are just this vibration that's just magical. And I, I honestly, like there's days I wake up and I just, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily sleep on with clothes on. So I'm just going to throw that out there and I'll literally just come to my couch and start playing this thing. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm in, you know, uh, the time before we had clothes and it's just awesome, but it was, yeah. So this thing, if you ever get a chance to buy one, cause they're, they're so healing. They're so healing. <laughs> that was just listening to it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. He did. He, I'm glad no one had to follow that. I know. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> My hand cream is sitting in shame on the side of the, of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, hand cream. <laughs> so before we move into our final segment, uh, fondly named Get Out of Here. Uh, Boston accent. With our Boston accent. <laughs> Get out of here, in the garage. Um, uh, so I know you said you're not really on social media, but um, if if there was a place where where we could send people who are interested in connecting with you in any way, um, does a place like that exist for you? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, when I say I am not on social media, like I have somebody who does my social media. It was like one of the <laughs> things that I said, like you know, I do. Like one of the things that I did when I was out in Russia, I started doing like the Wim Hof method. I don't know if you guys know what yep, that is. Yep. It's cold. Changed my life. Uh, it's cold. It's breathing. <sighs> you know, like all these awesome things. He's kind of one of the reasons I was inspired to buy this. But yeah, I am on social media. My my younger sister um, helps me with that just because I don't, I just don't want the the noise of it. Right now I'm under um, Swami Cyclist, I think, on Instagram. And then you can just look me up by my name, Gavin Sariel on Facebook. And there I just kind of like drop like things that I'm doing, like between playing my hand drum to meditation to Qigong, or I call it Qigong, to cold therapy, to just being out in nature. And just like I have a place in Boulder that I go to twice a week. And it's right next to the creek. It's nobody goes there and I just sit there and I read for like two hours. Right. So I like, I just kind of share these adventures there and then I give it to her and she posts them. Um, so that's, that's where you can look us up and to also, I'd love to come back on the show because there's another thing that I think is going on right now, which is financial healing. And I, let me tell you, I left my, I decided to lose, lose my job, (laughs) leave my job that I had been doing for 18 years or 19 years almost. I started a company back in 2018 in regards to teaching people how to um, get into the cryptocurrency market. And while I was out in Russia, I totally revamped the whole program and decided this is where my passion lies. And I'm going to give this a hundred percent because I'd like, it doesn't even feel like I'm working. I just love what I'm doing. So, um, I'd love for them to check out our website. It's arcrypto.io. Um, and that's another way that they can connect with me. And I'm, I'm doing constant webinars um, once a month in regards to getting people into our classes so we can teach them how to go bankless. Our tagline is creating financial equality. 
And I think that's the real inequality in, in the world right now is financial inequality. So we're totally revamping that with cryptocurrencies. And it's just, it's so much fun. And, and there's so much passion behind it with my partners and my teammates on there that um, you just feel the energy and it feels amazing. Like you're just learning a really, really brand new skill and a new way of thinking of finances and what real financial freedom means. So that's, that's a way, another way you can connect with me. So awesome. Thank you so much. So our final segment that we used to get out of here is um, again, falling back on this idea of playfulness and creativity um, and uh, just a little escape from the noise of life. If you could walk out the door, get out of here and go into any make-believe fantastical world um, that, that you know, from books or movies or TV or, you know, where would, what, what fantastical world would you get out of here to? And all three of Mr. us. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Katie's going to the world it? of this. Katie answered really quick. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. I, I yeah. usually only every, every single time we've done one, I've said Funky Brewster, I'm pretty sure almost always, or Rainbow Bright. Um, but no, Mr. Rogers, because when you said just like be nice to people and be kind to people. And, and I think that not the world of make-believe, because I kind of, I live in my own creative space anyway, but I think just like that calm and the gentle and listening to people. And I love how curious he was always when he, I mean, I know it was a show and he was, you know, teaching us something, but I think if we actually had that, that like soft heart and that willing and desire to learn about people and not just assume or judge. I think it would be, especially now with, with how things feel here, instead of just like needing to project your stuff on someone, I, I love how he showed up in that and I would be in that show. I would live there. I'd just go with him and be like, I'm just tagging along. Let me just learn about these people. Side note, I love Mr. Rogers too, dude. Mr. Rogers is the bomb. You yeah. coming with me? Is that your choice? Yeah. <laughs> then we get to hang out. Yeah. You two are going to the land uh, to the to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Um, yep, yep. I think going? I'm going to the land of Shira. Oh, nice! <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was a Shira shirt. It is a Shira shirt. So it's okay. Pro tip: There's a new reboot of Shira. It's on Netflix, and it was written uh, and cre the creator is this woman, Noelle Stevenson. She's a total badass. The whole show has been like completely reimagined. The characters are like so they're so complex and they're so interesting and they are, you know, they're, they feature different body types, different gender identities, different, you know, sexual orientations, the, the, it's like heavy on female heroes and anti-heroes and she's, even she's like, she's also the, promoting the show. Yeah, I I'm totally promoting the show. And like the bad guys have like origin stories and they're more complex than just like quote evil for evil's sake. And, and the, you know, the good people, the good guys struggle with their own things. There's even like characters on the spectrum. Like it's so amazing. But then, so they're like people, like everyday people with their own stuff going on, but then they also have magical powers and flying horses and everything is rainbow colored and there's glitter and sparkles. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> and I just want to go to a world of flying things and flowers and where the earth is the thing that we have to save and there's sparkles and like I just, I'm magical powers. The end. That's where I'm going. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. 
Go team. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for being well, here, Gaben. We're really, yeah. really appreciative of your time, your knowledge, your heart. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing and trusting me and then and making time for us because I knew I love everything you've gone through in your story and our friendship and stuff. So I was really happy to have you as part of it and for Laura to get to meet you. And all the listeners. Yeah, very grateful for both to meet. Uh, well, I've known Katie, but to meet you, Laura. And one of these days, hopefully when all this madness has died down, we'll, we'll all get together in person in a studio, some cool studio somewhere in, uh, in jam. Laura can sing also if you need a voice. She can sing. We'll hang on the beach and you can play the, pan, the hand drum and I'll sing. Oh, like... I I only had this thing for one week and I ended up going to my friend's house who lives right on the beach. And there was this other guy who was like master guitarist, master guitarist. And there was three of us and one of them had a drum. I had this and we played for three hours straight. I mean, my hands were swollen <laughs> and it was just epic. It was epic. Beautiful. So yeah, like you guys let image. me know when and I'll, I'll bring the steel drum. Fantastic. <laughs> we will see you there. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us that sweet five-star review. It helps people find us and makes our hearts ever so happy. You can follow me, Laura Ingalls, at LJ Ingalls on Instagram and Twitter. And me, Katie Lasky, at Katie Love Bomb on Instagram. Or follow the pod at Rad Resilient Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and check us out on the web at RadicalResiliencePodcast.com. However you find us out there in this virtual world, know that we are so glad you're here. We love you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>